Imagine if each morning when you wake up, you're smiling and looking forward to your day, knowing you are happy even while you're dealing with grief and loss. The Grief and Happiness Podcasts inspires, comforts, and supports you with each new episode. I'm Emily Zerothret, welcoming you to explore with me your life of endless possibilities. Aloha. I am so happy to have Patricia Doucet. Did I say that right? <laughs> yes. say from Nova Scotia here with us today. Uh, with me in Hawaii, we're quite a distance apart here. So it's the modern uh, technology makes wonderful things like this happen. I'm very excited to get to visit with her. Well, you have had an amazing life, sounds like, with ups and downs and I'm really impressed that you have found happiness along the way because that's that's kind of my whole purpose that people often think that when things happen that are challenging and trying that, that they just can't be happy anymore or they feel guilty about being happy. And it's it's so important to enjoy that happiness in your life. So I'd really like to have hear it in your words. Tell us your story. Oh. I'm happy to be here, Emily. Thank you for having me. And we're talking about grief here and living and loving your way through grief. Mm. And I don't think any of us get very far in life without experiencing grief. And you found that to be true, Emily. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. So grief can touch, it touches everybody, some more than others. And um, we have to learn how to live with it. We want to run away from it and not deal with it. But from my experience, we have to learn to embrace it and live with it. So if I might, Emily, I'm going to take your listeners on a short little journey. Okay. Do a drive-by on five points of grief in my life. And I know that they will, some of them will be repeats, but you'll see as I go along uh, what the five points are. Just different times in my life that I have grieved deeply. And then at the end, we'll tie it all together and see what we have. Okay. The first thing I grieved was the loss of my dad. And I was 47 when I lost my dad to ALS. Mm. And it was tough. But as time has gone on, I realized that if we live long enough, we will lose a parent. You know, it's sad when you lose a parent when you're young, but if you live very to be very old, you will lose a parent. So you you adjust to that and you get used to it and you accept it. So I moved on from that. And the next thing that I grieved was a cancer diagnosis. I had been diagnosed with cancer at the age of 35. Mm. I had three children, married with three children, age two, eight, and nine. And as a busy mom, as we spin all the plates, you know, with everything we take on, it was a big shock. So it was thyroid cancer. And I went through surgery and, and all of that. In five years, when I was 40, it came back with a vengeance. Mm. So uh, another lump in the same place. So I had two surgeries again, three weeks apart. Now, the second surgery I had was what they call a radical neck surgery. They removed the lymph node and a muscle. And my neck was a mess for quite a while, let's say. So it was all swelled out. And I had the, like the carpet staples back then. And, 
And it was a grieving process because at that age, I remember thinking, why does this happen to me? You know, I've got so much to do. I'm so busy. And, you know, we grieve those things, what might have been if we didn't have that surgery. And I can remember wanting to hide my neck, you know, and, and I had a lot of therapy after that, a lot of headaches and shoulder and neck pain from the muscle loss. So that was a grieving time. And I'll say one more thing about that, and then we'll move on to number three <laughs> on our five-stop journey here. I um, Just before they put me out for that radical neck surgery, I remember the doctor putting his face right in front of me and saying, I forgot to tell you that in this type of surgery, sometimes when you wake up, you have no voice because there's so much intricacy going on in the neck. Sometimes we just snip the vocal cord. I go, oh, well, God, you can just take me now. Oh, <laughs> <You know? wow. laughs> so <laughs> next thing I know when I wake up, I'm thinking, should I try my voice? I wonder if I have a voice, you know, because I remembered that. So I was just silent for quite a while. Finally, I went, mm. I went, I have a voice. <laughs> I can do this, I thought. I can get through this. So that was a turning point for me there at age 40. So going along in life, another time of grieving for me was a divorce. And I've had two divorces so I just like to say to your listeners, anybody that has had a divorce will realize that it is a time of deep grief. It's different than losing a spouse to death, but the emotions are all the same, all interwoven the same. We're just a mess either way. And my heart goes out to those that have lost a husband or lost a spouse as well. But your whole identity is shattered. And you find yourself in the basement of life, as I did. But after coming through the second one and thinking once was bad enough, but twice, and just kind of grieving all over again, why me? And why has all this happened? And so moving along, I'm going to come back to number four, which is going to be backtracking a little bit to the cancer. I had had my cancer journey. And now just two and a half years into my marriage that I'm in now, we were married um, in 2018, my husband was diagnosed with cancer. And this was on Christmas Day, 2020. So just 11 short months ago. So Christmas morning, things are going pretty good in life. You know, we're settled in our new place and things are going well. And I'm getting over my divorces and his divorce and my cancer and, and all of our times of, of grieving seem to be dealt with, although they're never really, you never get full closure, do you? Now, if you want to jump in and ask a question, Emily, you go ahead. Or I'll just, I'll just keep no, going. No, I'm, I'm agree with you there. So okay. keep going. Okay. So I'm having my coffee downstairs in my office in my happy place. And a good cup of coffee and having my prayer time and my devotions and Bible reading, thinking about Christmas Day, who's going to come by for dinner and how everything's going to go. And, you know, how we, the praying about the day and how we do as women, we kind of think about details and all that. And all of a sudden, I hear this voice from the top of the stairs. It's my husband. He says, can you come up here, please? 
And I thought, oh, it doesn't sound like he has an early Christmas present for me or anything. It, it just sounds like a weird request. So I put my coffee down and my book down, uh, quickly ascended the stairs. And long story short, within a half hour, we were at our local outpatients department. Mm. And we spent all Christmas Day there. I uh, actually forgot it was Christmas Day. And in maybe seven or eight hours, he had a cancer diagnosis. Oh. Yeah. So in our exhaustion, we came home and you just kind of numb and sat on the couch. And, and um, wow. So moving into this year, 2021, the first two months, we were just in a fog because there was so much unknown. Mm-hmm. And so as the year has gone on, we've had... Um, chemo for him and radiation for him and many, many tests and doctor's appointments, many hard to keep track of them all. And so here we are almost to Christmas again, and he's still with me and he's still finishing up some treatments and, uh, you know, a a smaller surgery and everything, but something I really want to share with your listeners about grief. When he was first diagnosed at Christmas time, I knew he was grieving very deeply in January and February, and I knew there was more to it than his diagnosis. I just knew it. And I knew that earlier in his life, he had had some big losses. He lost some, a couple of people that were very near and dear to him, very close to him. And he used to tell me, you know, when we first met, that the grief never goes away, never, ever goes away. There are always triggers and hurts. You get it almost healed, but there's a little part that never heals. That's always open and that will never heal in the grieving process. So he said, I just feel like I'm grieving all of those losses all over again with this cancer diagnosis. You know, the, the why me, the, the, the blame, maybe I should have done this. I shouldn't have had so much ice cream or whatever, you know, you know, like health wise. It's, you know, we blame ourselves, could have done this, should have done this, or if I hadn't done that. Anytime we grieve, whether it's a cancer diagnosis, a divorce, or the loss of someone near and dear to us. So we were kind of getting through that. He did go for some counseling. He needed to go for counseling, and I went as well. And what I want to share with you, Emily, and your listeners is whatever kind of grief we go through, Sometimes we try to separate them. Well, this is a a grief about that. This is a trauma over here about something different. And this is a loss here. But I've learned in some of my experiences and looking into this quite a bit, that whatever trauma, whatever brand our trauma, grief, and loss is, the emotion's all the same. It's panic. It's blame. It's shame. It's just, oh, loneliness, loss, every emotion you can imagine. Fear, let's not forget the fear. And they're all kind of mangled in together. And when you get a fresh trauma or a fresh grief, you drag all of the rest with you and you kind of grieve all of it all over again. And so that's just the way it is. So it's time now that I'm going to kind of tie all this together, that we've kind of did some drive-bys of some grieving moments in my life and times. What we've done this past year is we've decided to live in moments 
and days and not weeks and months because we didn't know how many days and weeks and months we'd have. So we'd say, well, this is what we need to do today, this appointment, that appointment, but we can do this. And we would live and enjoy the moment. Now that's a cliche. You hear it all the time. Enjoy the moment. But we really did have to do that this year because, and we got through it. We had some laughs. We had some good times. We didn't go very far, but with COVID lockdowns, we wouldn't have gone very far anyway. So it's been a year of learning to find happiness and joy in the simple things that we still have that haven't been taken away. And that's what I I really wanted to share with you and your listeners today. That's, That's beautiful. I know when Ron, my last husband who died, was his in his last couple of years we had always tried to live in the moment that was the philosophy he brought into our marriage that i'd heard it before but hadn't really paid much attention to it but we actually tried to do that i didn't find it cliche at all and the more we did it the lighter i felt everything just seemed to be better because if you're in that moment everything's okay and we did that uh, right up until he died. And it, it was amazing. It made it so much easier to go through that whole process than it had been with my last husband who died because I, I didn't have that philosophy at that point. No. And it, it made a dramatic difference. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. It's a wonderful thing to be able to find that moment and pay attention to it. You have to be really proactive to do it. It, mm-hmm. it just happened. And I found for me and for him too, I think that it opened up a whole new world that otherwise you would have missed. Mm-hmm. Because as women, especially, we want to look ahead and fix this and fix that before we even get there. Yeah. You have to train yourself not to do that. Because you really can't. You might think you're doing it, but you, you really aren't. <laughs> you can't. You lose today. Mm-hmm. You lose this moment. And then that's so incredibly valuable. Mm-hmm. We did things like toward the end, Ron had stopped being able to, to read. And I didn't realize that because he he's a brilliant man. He had three master's degrees and, and mm-hmm. I, he, he loved reading. He loved information and, and learning things new all the time. And somebody gave him, it was about, it's about a month and a half before he died somebody gave him a book for his birthday present and it was a book he really wanted and he really wanted to read it. And I could see him sitting there with a book and looking at it with like this kind of puzzled look on his face. And I said, what's, what's going on? You know, and he said, I just, I can't see it. I, it wasn't that he was blind. He just couldn't see the letters well enough to see what the words were. Hmm. So I read it to him, the whole book. (laughs) It took a few days (laughs) But we sat outside on our lanai in the beautiful weather here in Maui, and I just read it, and we enjoyed the book together and could talk about it together as we were reading it, because it was kind of neat to do that, actually, because often yeah. when you read a book, you you would really like to talk to somebody about it when it's going on, and, and if you're not reading the same book at the same time, it's not the same, so that was one of my favorite memories was that um, that time when I, I read him the book, the whole book, and he appreciated it so much, and I appreciated it, and it was wonderful time we got to spend together. What a, a great example of living in the moment. Mm-hmm. 
Because when you're reading a book, your mind isn't going here, there, and everywhere. That's right. And you were both had your minds on the book at the same time. So you shared that space. That's a wonderful memory and wow. a good example mm-hmm. of, of not trying to project yourself and fix everything up ahead and, and think about what has happened. You're just in the moment. Yeah. And I, I discovered that in that last year with him, too, that I kind of had to let go of fixing things. Because what he was dealing with, nobody was able to actually do anything about, or they refused to do anything about it. I thought at the time that they could, and I still think they might have been able to, but it didn't do either one of us any good to be upset that they weren't doing what we wanted them to or what we thought they should do because it wasn't going to happen anyway. So we couldn't change it. So it was more important for us to really value the time that we did have and make it the best it could be, whatever it was. And and that made it really good. Exactly. Oh, that's, that's, I bet you're really glad you did that. Oh yeah. That's a wonderful example. One, one thing that he had, he had, he was on dialysis and he had severe pain in his kidney region. And I'm sure it had to do with all the other problems that were going on, but even lying in bed, his back would really hurt. And I thought, I'm just going to look into reflexology. So I looked it up online to see how to massage his feet in a way that could maybe help him with his back pain. Mm -hmm. And it did. And, you know, I was no expert. I just read up on it and and did what I could. So that became part of our kind of ritual that that every night when he'd lie down, that I'd go down to the foot of the bed and give him a long foot massage because he said it was the one one thing that that made him feel better. And I thought, I'm so happy to have this this gift that I could give him, that I could figure out to give him. And and those were precious times that were just, you know, just the two of us experiencing that together. How many years since he passed now? It's uh, four years. That's not very long. Four years go yeah. by just like that. Okay. Yep, wow. they do. Wow. It's hard to imagine it's been four years. <laughs> yeah, they just go so fast. So you just kind of think of those sweet memories that you have. Yeah. But I think that's what we learn when we go through grief and how do we live mm-hmm. and love and be happy in spite of all these things is you just think, okay, what's important? This can wait, this can wait. And the things we used to think were so important, they don't seem to be that important anymore. But those special times of reading together or helping them with, with his feet, those are times that, that you maybe would have thought, ah, you know, <laughs> maybe years ago, but now they become precious memories. Yeah. It, it's it's such a gift to be able to help somebody feel better and that makes you feel better and that that brings happiness absolutely absolutely and it's nice to be able to share your story with others to help them along because we wouldn't always been able to to sit here and and talk about these things with a smile on our face that's right <laughs> we wouldn't have always been able to no there's, there's always a, a time especially shortly after the departure that yeah. it, that smiling is a challenge. Um, you know, just breathing is a challenge. <laughs> Eating yeah. anything, being awake is a challenge. And when you keep things in perspective and, and know I'm not going to feel this way always, right. I know that I will feel better. Yes. It wasn't that I was 
trying to live in the future. I was just knowing that I, I could have comfort in knowing that things would get better. Yes. And during, during that time was when I started figuring out what I was going to do with the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And because I'd spent all that time with, with him pretty exclusively. Mm-hmm. And it was that way with my last husband who died. They both died of the same thing. And they both had about oh. two years of, of needing a lot of attention and with going to the hospital frequently mm-hmm. and all that sort of thing. And it was, it was so interesting how, how all that worked out. And I just thought, I, I don't know what I'm going to do now because we had moved to Maui where I live. Mm-hmm. I thought I, I love the home that we had in California uh, in Ventura, close to the beach. And we just, I thought that was my forever home. And when he said he wanted to move to Maui because he'd lived here years ago and he just really loved it here. And we'd, we'd been here several times together because he kept coming back that we just decided to move. So I was, I was here, you know, far away from people that I knew, trying to figure out what to do. And when I realized that, that trying to help other people get through this time was something that I could do, mm-hmm. I started feeling good immediately, or better immediately. And the, the more I focused on actively doing something that was positive, mm-hmm the easier it was for me to start to smile and and smiling is so important. Mm -hmm. So I was really grateful for that. I'm grateful now after doing all the things that I'm doing with helping people with, with grief and finding happiness. So I'm, I love hearing your story that that you can see with all you've been through. You've certainly have, have a lot to have dealt with and still be able to come out and, and smile Mm-hmm. And enjoy this time you've got with your husband now. That's wonderful. Yeah. And nobody knows what's next anyway. Mm-mm. It's just you're reminded of it when you have losses and traumas and and grief. Before some of these things happen, you think you have some control, but none of us know. Yeah. <laughs> none of us know anything ahead. Yeah. And I have a strong faith in God and that got us through as well, prayer and it's been, it's just been wonderful to see answered prayer and all of that. And just to become going through some of these things just makes you stronger and gives you empathy for other people. Mm-hmm. Like empathy, like you wouldn't believe, like for other people that are hurting. And if you've been through any of that and you can help them. I know when I was at my lowest, several lowest points, just looking for a, a way out and a hand up. And to just connect with somebody that had been there would just mean everything. And so, yes, we try to be that person, perhaps. I like what you said, the, the hand up. I, I love that. That's, yeah. that's uh, one of the greatest gifts you can give to people. And, and you don't even have to know them to be able to give them a gift like that. No. You can make all and the be, difference in the world. And to sincerely care. Mm-hmm about them because you know how bad it hurts to be where they are and to give them hope that one step at a time they can come out of that place of brokenness as well yes I I always tell people when they when they ask me they keep they'll say something like this is this going to be like this forever and what I say to that is every day is going to be a little better than the day before yes 
it might it comes in small increments sometimes so that it's just a little bit but it's getting better and it builds up mm-hmm. so that eventually you'll have a big sigh and say you know it's not so bad right now right I, I can breathe easier I can smile I can remember the people I do love that are here now that, mm-hmm. that we can appreciate the love that we have together you children or uh, relatives or friends that that you can cherish your time you, you your time becomes so much more valuable when you've been through something like we've been through yes Yes. And you don't have to feel guilty about being happy mm-hmm. or laughing. Whereas in the beginning, you don't think you'll ever laugh again. Like you said, even trying to breathe or smile again or laugh again. And finally you get to that place and you think it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. He reminded me of when Ron died his, his last week, he was on hospice for just a week. And, and when he decided that that was what he was going to do, he called all of his friends and family on the mainland and said, if you want to see me, you better come now. <laughs> and a lot of them did. <laughs> and it was like a party at our house for the whole whole week with music and dancing and barbecuing mm-hmm. and all kinds of things. And, and as well as being with him and really spending good quality time, everybody was getting to spend quality time with him. And he got to... I was so grateful for FaceTime because the people who couldn't get here, he got to actually see face-to-face to say their goodbyes and make sure everything that was said that needed to be. But the thing that got me was after, after he died, he died on a Friday late afternoon, and all these people were still here from California, and they, they wanted to do something Hawaii-ish since they were there. And one of our friends, actually the guy that had been doing the barbecuing for us, was a, a singer, and he would go out on a dinner cruise. So he invited us out on the dinner cruise, and they were all going. And I said, well, have, have a good time. you know." And they said, no, you're coming too. Uh, but uh, I thought, I, I can't do that. You know? <laughs> But it probably was the best thing for me to do right then. They kind of helped me on there and they didn't, they didn't bother me. I found a place that I could sit kind of at the edge and look out at the ocean and, and look in back at how beautiful Maui is and just mm-hmm. be peaceful. And there's a big full moon and it, it was beautiful. And I thought, I'm so glad I didn't just tell him I can't go because I don't feel like since my husband just died yesterday, I should be doing something like this. But yeah, it was, it was. Like- I could be home and crying, like yeah, yeah. And I'd, I'd done plenty of crying all day long and all night long the night before, and it just, oh, yes. it was so so nice to be surrounded by so many people that loved him, mm-hmm. as as well as as me, mm-hmm. and I, I thought I'm I'm glad I said yes because I I'm not sure I I could have done that last time. I know I couldn't have last time. So did it's, you find you were stronger the second time than the first time? I was. I, I was surprised that I cried as hard and as deeply as I did because yeah. I thought, I know what's coming. You know, I know this is happening. and mm-hmm. But it still, you know, still was a tremendous loss and, and that just kind of came. But I also felt like, especially from living in the moment, I felt like I know I'm going to be okay. I know I'm not going to feel like this forever. I have to allow myself to feel this way until I work my way through it. And in the process of working my way through it, it, I keep getting better and better. Absolutely. I I think that people really have a problem when they can't see that they're ever going to feel any better. 
Yeah. And then after a while, it feels okay to see people. And you got right into it the next day being with people. Yeah. Well, then they left and I was by myself. <laughs> yeah. But still, I was, I was glad that I did that. Oh, absolutely. And if you don't have somebody to push you, you won't for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the same it is, as it is with any type of, of grieving. You just don't want to be around people, especially happy people, because you want them to be happy. Mm-hmm. You just don't want to bring them down to where you are at that time. Mm-hmm. You go, oh, well, I better wait till I feel a little better before I am around other happy people. It, it is good to be around happy people. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Well, this you have been on such a journey, and I, I love to see your smile. And uh, you. I, you're, you're still in the, the midst of this whole life experience. And it's, it's wonderful that, that you have that incredible gift of being able to, to notice what the moment is mm-hmm. so that you can live there and, and make mm-hmm. the very best of everything that happens for you. Yes. It's the only place to be, really, and don't really have a choice sometimes, but we were proactive to do it, and it worked for this year, and so it's the way we would just live life now. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. I'm so grateful for you to coming on, on the show. I'm sure that lots of people are going to get hope from you that they haven't thought about before. I hope so. Thank you for having me, Emily. My pleasure. It's been wonderful. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you. And for my listeners, I'll be anxious to see you next week and again and help you find some smiles along the way. Do you want more comfort, support, and happiness? Join the Grief and Happiness Alliance. Visit my website at lovingandlivingyourwaythroughgrief.com and read my book, Loving and Living Your Way Through Grief. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, rate it, review it, and binge on all our episodes on grief and happiness. I can't wait to welcome you back to another episode.